On the front of your, uh, on the hymnal thing, there's a prayer that we pray together in Ecclesiastes. And actually this prayer was, uh, after months of study, was kind of formed in a way that this could be our prayer for our entire series. And we, we, we started this with our series in Revelation and we continued it with Ecclesiastes. I don't see it ending anytime in the world uh, for us. But this opening prayer just helps us center ourselves on what it is that we're getting into. So if you guys will pray that for me, and then we'll be in Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Lord, give us life as we seek you and your kingdom with a whole heart, as we attempt to fear you and keep your commandments. Let our life be found in Christ, led by the Holy Spirit, as we walk in the arena of God's great mysteries. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 15 through 29. In my vain life, I have seen everything. There is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who prolongs his life in evildoing. Be not overly righteous, and do not make yourself too wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Be not overly wicked, neither be a fool. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you should take hold of this, and from that withhold not your hand, for the one who fears God shall come out of both of them. Wisdom gives strength to the wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. Do not take heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servants cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. All this I have tested by wisdom. I said, be wise, but it is far from me. That which has been far off and deep, very deep, who can find it out? I turned my heart to know and to search out and to seek wisdom and the schemes of things and to know the wickedness and folly and foolishness that is madness. I find something more bitter than death. The woman whose heart is a snare and nets, whose hands are fetters. He who pleases God escapes her, but the sinner is taken by her. Behold, this is what I found, says the preacher, while adding one thing to another to find the schemes of things, which my soul has sought repeatedly, but I have not found. One Man among a thousand I found, but a woman among these I have not found. See this alone I found, that God made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. Okay, so we're going to start today by taking a little survey to see who is here in this room. How many of us have gotten upset or annoyed at something, but we know for certain we've done the same thing? Okay, just look around, look around, we see it, right? We place, um, uh, or we do this. How many of us have done this? Where we place other things on people that we can't live up to. Sometimes, right? Or, or as we were driving yesterday, our family were driving home uh, from someplace, and we saw this car and it had a bumper sticker. It said this, speed limit, try it. Suggesting that you should drive the speed limit, right? And I'm, as if that person never speeds, because uh, I think that um, uh, there—that is a law that all of us have broken at one point or another. And um, it, uh, my favorite is, 
I love to yell at somebody about their yelling. Stop yelling at me! And you're yelling at them as well, right? Like this is, this is sometimes what we do. Or um, getting mad when we cut someone off. Anybody? Anybody? Or, or, when, uh, or getting mad that somebody cut us off. But um, I cut off the person to get where I am. Has that ever happened? I don't think I'm the only one. I have a Volkswagen van again, so I can't get over without cutting people off because I'm so slow, but uh, I can't get over in any other way. But we all do this, don't we? We're all in this place. We have a bit of what the scriptures would call self-righteousness that pops up from time to time. And it doesn't matter our age. It doesn't matter our gender. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. We all have these flaws that we wish we didn't. Amen? But... Some uh, are easier to see in others than they are easier to see in ourselves, or we just put up with them less in others. So, and how many of us, this is another question, how many many of us hear uh, these verses uh, when you start to judge somebody that you know that you've done, right? How many of you guys hear this? Judge not that you be not judged for judgments. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured against you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Anybody hear that when you start judging people? You're like, eh, I better just watch what I'm doing, right? Like, I better watch what I'm doing. Um, we are in Ecclesiastes, and we're here seeking wisdom. This is a book of wisdom. We are also seeking out, to, like our prayer says, to live out God's kingdom with a whole heart. And when, it, when we say whole heart, or when I say whole heart, or what I wrote there and intended, I don't know if you guys intend the, the, this as well when you pray it, but all of it. That involves our lives, our actions, our deeds, our thoughts, our motives. And when we are taught by the teacher here in Ecclesiastes, this is what it involves, that we not only take this into our head and our heart, but it takes actions as well. And we are supposed to think that this teacher is Solomon the wisest man who ever lived, the man when God asked him, what do you want? I'll give you anything. And Solomon did not ask for gold or power. He asked for wisdom and it was given to him. And it was given to him. So, and as it was given to him, people would come to him, people from his nation. Rulers would travel far and wide just to hear Saul sit at his feet and sit in his, his like throne room and listen to his wise sayings, his wise judgments, and they would get his advice knowing that his answers would be wise. And they were. They were. He dispensed wisdom, not only to uh, the nation of Israel, but to all the nations surrounding him. And this was a man who'd seen everything and tried everything. He's told us that repeatedly in here. And here at the end of this uh, collection of wise sayings, so we've been in these wise sayings for some time, he sums it up and he does this every now and again in the book for us. He sums it up and he does it here for us. He tells us that he has seen the righteous perish. And I don't know if you guys, uh, like this verse, there is a righteous man who perishes in righteousness. Like that's almost anti the Psalms. Like, I mean, there's parts of the Psalms when it's like the evil are the one that are destroyed by their wickedness. But here we see, he says, I've seen a righteous man perish and the wicked extend their life, which kind of boggles our mind. It seems like 
A lot of scripture says that evil doesn't extend our life, but Solomon says here that he's he's seen it, which contradicts, uh, again, it contradicts many of Solomon's dad, David, who wrote those things about evil people not getting a, a foot up. It contradicts some of the prayers that David prayed. And it says, and then after he says this, he gives this advice. Don't be overly righteous. Don't be overly wicked. Right? And he's telling us, and it's important that we hear. We have all a bit of um, righteousness and a bit of evil in our lives. It doesn't matter how hard we try. We can never be as righteous as we want to be in our own power. We can also never be as wicked as we want to be. And since y'all are at church, I know that I'd assume that none of you want to be wicked. So you're doing a better job avoiding that than maybe you are righteousness. But he suggests that being either one or the other, you will destroy yourself. And as we strive to live like Jesus, to live out God's kingdom in earth as it is in heaven, which is another prayer we prayed this morning, it's important to remember that we cannot do this perfectly. We strive. We strive to live right. We strive to live by the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But we mess it up all the time. We mess it up all the time. And it is when we think that we never mess it up that we destroy ourselves. It's when we rely on our own self-righteousness, our own self-rightness, that we get kind of messed up. And I'm not suggesting that we don't try to live right. What I am saying and what I believe this text is saying is that we need to do this with humility of knowing that we just won't get it perfect, right? This is, it is the one who fears God who shall live, this says. And the fear of God is knowing our place before God. He is the creator. We are creation. We are created beings. Our days are numbered. Our days are numbered. His are endless. He was before all things. As for me, I started in 1978. Well, before that, I guess, as he knit me together in my mother's womb, so 1977. But a part of fearing God is trusting because we understand that he is greater than we are. He is bigger than our fears, but he is also bigger than our wisdom and our righteousness. Amen? In this, we trust God for his righteousness over against trusting our our own selves. We strive, but we know that we have a little bit of um, not rightness with us. Um, sometimes we can be a little bit too vindictive, just in our thoughts, or at least our, 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 our thoughts, a bit too judgy at times, right? I, I was telling Ted before we came in here today that it's like, I'm so good at judging. Why would I want to set it aside? You know, I, I'm just so good at it that I don't want to. But I mean, we also have some wisdom at other times, don't we? We've also all done good things and good works in this life. Uh, Maybe uh, for some, we're more on one side or the other, but there's still a bit of otherness that we'd rather not acknowledge uh, or we'd rather have by the power of the Holy Spirit put to death. Some things that we just don't like in our lives. And we should want these things put to death. We should strive for that. But I believe this text is begging us to have humility and avoid being self-righteous. It turns, uh, it, in turn, it is begging us to trust the, uh, trust the wisdom and righteousness of God. It says it plainly in verse 20. He sums up his summing up by saying, Surely there is not a righteous man on earth who does good and never sins. 
And this is a man who has seen it all, tried it all, and is urging us to do all of what we have to do with a bit of humility. In verse 21 and 22, it tells us not to heed the word of those around us. We might hear people cursing us. And what would that do? Discourage us? Or we start to believe it and they're cursing us with a lie and we start to believe lies and we know that lies can come in our lives and tear us down. Or we might hear the praise and get to big headed and think that we're so self-important because look at everything that I've done. We need to know ourselves that we have also cursed and praised others in vain in our speech. This is not a permit to keep doing these things. It's simply pointing out that when we take ourselves too seriously, we're missing the point. We will never be as good as we want to be. So live with humility. We are all a little wise and a little foolish in the way that we do things. He goes on to inform us that even the wisest man in the world knows that wisdom is too far from him. It's too deep. And we get to take heart in that, that it's too deep for us. So we get to rely on another person's. Now, I love uh, this text. I really love Ecclesiastes, but it, it like I don't want to avoid certain things that I don't understand or maybe uh, have been a bit harsh. In verse 25 through 29, he has these remarks about women. But we must be careful in case we fall into misogyny that many have done with this text over the years. And misogyny being just like as a man treating women as less than. It's not proper. That's not what this text is saying. But over the years, there have been many people who have pointed to this text and saying, see, women are just less than us. They're less than us. We can do whatever we want. We're men. We can, we can do this. And to be clear, we do not, I do not think that these women or these verses only speak about women. And I'll tell you why. Solomon uses the feminine as a literary type. He uses, he uses it as a literary type. If you notice in uh, the writings of Solomon, we have lady wisdom. But what do we also have? Lady folly. We have lady wisdom and lady folly. Wisdom is spoken about both in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes as a woman. And we have both these things that he's talking about, wise and fooly. And by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this, but both men and women... Can be wise and both men and women can be foolish right it's not it's this text has been used to subjugate women over the years and i fully believe that it that is missing the point of what it's saying it is clear throughout the writings uh, attributed to solomon that both men and women can be foolish and either can be wise and i mean even if it was, okay, let's just pretend for a minute that Solomon's like, look, I've never seen a good woman. Like, you know, I mean, let's consider the source for a second, right? Let's consider the source for it. He just told him that wisdom is far from him. And if he condemns women, we can see that clearly because he, I mean, it was his mom that got him to be the king to begin with. We can see it in some of his lives. I mean, if we think that we're supposed to think that this is Solomon who wrote this, the man had 700 wives and 300 concubines. In this, we can see that wisdom is indeed far from him at times. Amen. Like it's just, and this would suggest that Solomon um, was a user of women and didn't value them as God values women. Women are, uh, he treated women like trophies or items in a collection and or 
things to try, as he tells us, like I've tried everything. He's talking about women there as well. Women, as men, have a high value in God's kingdom. Higher than we can imagine. Higher than society has ever tried to value either one, either gender. But it, we um, are highly valued by God. So again, I just would remind us that we don't fall into treating women like less as many have done in this. But since women is a type and we get to all look at this for ourselves, what is being suggested is that it is rare to see a person live with full integrity. Or I like the word, uh, Wendell Berry uses the word continuity to speak uh, about uh, that we are have a continuous pattern where in word and thought and deed, we are all together right and we can just walk in this way and we do things well and all things are like holistic. But it's hard to come by those people, right? Because we all have a little bit of wisdom and we all have a little bit of folly. And as we strive to follow Jesus, we strive to be whole in him, don't we? We want our hearts to be his We want our minds to be His. We want our actions to be His. And we want to be led by the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we don't want to be self-righteous, right? We don't want to be condemning. We want to love others as Jesus loved others. And we know that Jesus considered others better than Himself. But again, we don't do this perfectly. Going back to the sticker of the bumper sticker, speed limit or try it right and as i read that it's just dripping with snobbishness like it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like really like it again i speed so maybe that's i that's just me that does that but this sticker appeared to be on a fellow brother or sister in christ's car right there they had other stickers that would suggest that they follow jesus or at least trying to and i imagine myself following that person and watching them speed so I can catch them not living up to the values that they proclaim, right? All they need is just one mile per hour over the speed limit. And I need to do this in the Nissan because my Volkswagen speedometer doesn't work, but like I need to do this. Uh, and, and so just, just watching them to judge them for a lack of integrity. Just go, see, come on. Like, why can't you have grace matters or something not tattooed on the back there? For me, I figure it's extremely difficult to live with integrity always uh, for always driving the speed limit. It seems like a law that every single one of us has broken at times. But by the way, that is why on my van, you don't see Christian bumper stickers. I don't want to be identified as a Christian when I'm on the road. I, uh, uh, I hand out inappropriate gestures at times. Uh, I know no one can relate to me or yell my disapproval at others. I try not to let my kids see it, but they can attest that this is a true statement. When I'm in my van, I'm just a dude that likes national parks and is trying his best to live up of an image of uh, a Volkswagen driver that we all have stereotyped in his head, right? I wear REI. I have, anyway, you get it. And in this, I recognize that I'm judging. Right? I told you I was skilled at it, Ted. I'm skilled at it. So, and I have self-righteousness. Even as I mock, as I mock this person with the speed limit, or in, I guess in preacher terms, I would say, I use as an example. It's just, I'm just saying, I'm just using as an example. Someone else, but that just goes to 
show the, my point even further that it's hard to live with integrity. So I'm preaching about not judging. And I wrote most of this after I wrote the thing with the uh, uh, license or the bumper sticker. And it's hard to live out integrity. So in that, we might as well live in humility. It's extremely hard to live all, out all our words or our, and have all our actions and thoughts line up all the time, right? How many of us, to the people that we have loved, has expressed something that doesn't feel very loving to them? And yet we love them so much and we always wonder, why can't my heart come out for this person? Why do I have to act like this? Why do I have to do these things? And so we try and we should, but we also need to know that we mess up and others mess up as well. And there is a little good and a little bad in everyone because none is perfect. And we all do something well and we all do some things not so well. We uh, We all do what we say and we all are hypocritical in some areas. So I pray that we may live this out with humility. We need to know this so that we can walk with humility and allow others to make mistakes, allow for ourselves to make mistakes, not saying that we want to do them, not that we rely on our own righteousness or our own wisdom or our own integrity. The cool thing about being a Christian is we do have Jesus, right? He's a far better man than Solomon ever was. He treats people better. Um, he, he is the only one who has lived in complete wisdom, integrity, humility. It is his life that we rely on and attempt to follow, right? We rely on his righteousness, not our own. We walk in his ways and Jesus lived a righteous life. And in his righteousness, that's what we get to rely on. And that's the point, that it's not ours, it's Jesus' righteousness that we rely on. And as we seek to follow him, we walk in humility and consider others, even people with bumper stickers that we don't like, better than ourselves, as Jesus does for us. His love is so great, and we get to rely on his love. Amen? It is his love, his grace, his forgiveness that allows us to even stand with clean hands and holy hearts before him because it's not our own work. It's the work that Jesus has done for us and in us. And in a moment, we're going to participate in communion where we look at Jesus' broken body and his shed blood for us. Notice that it's not our body and our blood that is required but it's Jesus, and we get to remember this, that it was his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection. This is where we find our hope and peace. And this is where we find our righteousness. And even as we learn not to rely on ourselves, as we learn the wisdom that we have a little of this and a little of that, we get to fully rely on Christ for all things and not rely on ourselves. So Jesus, I pray that we may set aside our self-righteousness. Lord, I pray that we may um, not have anything to do with it in the future. Lord, that we may rely on you. We may walk in humility and treat others better than we treat ourselves. And that we may, in that, uh, treat ourselves with kindness as well. In Jesus' name, amen.